What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football Time Podcast. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in to listen to the show over the last couple of weeks. It's been really encouraging to see the number of listeners grow and the continued support that Jason and I have had for the show. And since we have a decent amount of new listeners, I thought I would real quick do just kind of a who we are type thing. So the podcast is called Fantasy Football Time. And it's a podcast where myself, Joe, and my good friend Jason, we talk about fantasy football. Jason and I are have been friends for a few years now. We work together and we just love fantasy football. It's one of our passions. It's one of the things we like to talk about. And it just really is something that we love. So we wanted to turn that passion that we have for fantasy football into a podcast because Jason and I, we love to have fun. We love to talk about fantasy football and we love more than anything to argue with each other. So we channel all of those things into this podcast. On today's show, we have a really exciting one. We have some tips and tricks to help you guys get off to a strong start to your season, as well as Jason and I are picking players that we have confidence in as of late. And then also some players that we have some concerns about. So make sure you stay tuned for this show and make sure you leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. And without further ado, I hope you enjoy episode nine of the Fantasy Football Time podcast. One, two, three, go! everyone welcome back to another episode of fantasy football time podcast the podcast where there is no off season because it's always fantasy football time i am your host joe wallach alongside my partner in crime jason sharpshooter mcgruber it's good to be here joe and uh thank you for that nickname i do never miss that is uh one of the things that really my mom always said about me growing up uh i think she's talking about the toilet or something but i don't know um (laughs) It's good to be here in Time Studio, aka the Time Machine, aka recording in my basement. The Time once again. Machine is such a good nickname for yes. the studio. It's it's good to be here in my basement recording episode nine. We've made it to episode nine. We've made it to episode nine. That's a big milestone. And for for those of you who don't know, I came up with the name Sharpshooter McGruber because Jason freaking owned me in Call of Duty on Saturday. We had our draft for our league that we're in together and we do some fun some fun games and stuff to determine who gets extra money in the auction and jason freaking housed me in call of duty and that's where i got sharpshooter mcgruber thanks thank you i appreciate that uh in my defense um joe is terrible at call of duty he's actually really bad and i didn't win uh so um, shout out, shout out this, to Jake for winning. Y'all just want this work in Madden, though. I did. I did hit some some massive dingers in the wiffle ball competition, and yeah, uh, that one stung. Still ended up. Yeah, I ended Joe's. Was it three year? Yeah, run? three year run of the home run derby champ is now over. But you know what? You know, Golden State There's Warriors losing always, the finals. Tom gosh. Brady has lost Super Bowls. It doesn't make him not the goat. That's why, why we love you, Joe. Because humility. Because <laughs> it's your humility. <laughs> What are, we, what are we talking about today, Joe? We have a great show coming up for you guys. We have some news from around the NFL. There's a lot that's happened in the last few days to get caught up on. We have a question of the day where we're going to be answering the question of what are some tips and tricks to, to get you guys off to a strong start to your fantasy football season. And then we're playing a game called Confident and Concerned. And we're going to go through players that we are rising on as of late, players that we're growing in our confidence in, and then players who've kind of popped up on our radar as players that we have a little bit of concerns about. So we got a fun show coming up. 
couple ways that you can support the show before we dive in is that you guys can follow us on all of our forms of social media. We're on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, and the handle's the same for all of them. It's at FFTimePod. We have some really fun content coming out on our social medias, and you guys can leave us a review on Apple, Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. That's still the best way to support the show. All right, Jason, you ready to get started with some news from around the NFL? Yeah, let's get into it. The first one is that uh, Washington running back Brian Robinson was shot um, in the leg during an armed robbery robbery this last week. Uh, actually, was it the leg, Joe? Jason, where was he shot, man? I, I was going to leave that one up for you. <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Forrest Gump? I have, but like so long ago that I don't. All I remember is the like the stereotypical life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah, well, that's a great line. But so Brian Robinson, rookie running back for the Commanders. We I don't want to make light of this. Like the man was was shot in an armed robbery. That's that's awful. Like I hope Brian Robinson gets better. I, I've heard that surgery went well and he's out and he's resting and he actually still plans to play football this season, which is pretty amazing. But my first thought was when he when I read the report that he was shot in the butt was the scene from Forrest Gump after he's been wounded in the butt and he's like laying on the table and he's talking to Lieutenant Dan and he goes, you know what's the best part about being wounded in the buttocks? It's the ice cream. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite scenes from that movie. Here's what I love about this moment in the podcast. You guys can't see this, but um, do you know whenever like you absolutely should not laugh about something? Like... You definitely should not laugh about someone being shot, right? Like, we can all agree. Like, there's not that many things that everyone can agree on in life, but we all can agree on that, that, that no one should be laughing about that. And Joe is saying, uh, yeah, I'm not trying to make light of that, while he's, like, almost giggling like a schoolgirl because he knows that Brian Robinson was shot Look, in the butt. in terms of places that you could get shot, the, the butt, that ain't that bad. It's you, one of the best places. But uh, as a non-expert that we are. <laughs> Jason, what does this mean okay. for fantasy? Yeah, fantasy football. <laughs> uh, it means that Antonio Gibson, who was pretty much left for dead and was returning kicks and was maybe the second string or third string running back in some weird committee. Yeah, Brian Robinson started the last preseason game. Yeah, it means that Antonio happened. Gibson is uh, definitely a RB2 now. Yeah, he's back in the mix for sure. And he has upside just like he has in the past to even be an RB1. Now, you sure you certainly shouldn't be like paying RB1 money for him, but wherever he was before, which was like basically uh just a third guy, super risky pick, like he's a definite value. You should go and get Antonio Gibson now. For sure. And if you took a late round flyer on Brian Robinson, I'm I'm sorry. But uh, he hasn't been moved to the IR yet, so there is a still a chance that he he's not going to play week one or probably any of the first few games, more than likely. But if he does get moved to the IR, put him in your IR slot. If you have an IR slot in your league, slide him in there, and he still could be relevant late in the season. But if you don't have a deep bench or you, you lack some depth at other positions... Um, there's certainly no shame if you if you do need to drop him, but an unfortunate start to a promising rookie season for Brian Robinson. Here's the second piece of news from around the NFL. Jimmy G is staying with San Francisco, and uh, so Joe, here's the question: What does that mean for Trey Lance? I know he signed a uh, he's the highest paid backup in the NFL right now. Um, yeah, you said it. He's he's Jimmy G is the backup for Trey Lance. Trey Lance is going to be the starter. Kyle Shanahan has been very outspoken about saying that they want to move forward with Trey Lance as the starter. Trey Lance has has looked good in the time that we have seen him on the field. So 
Um, the offense for San Francisco looks promising. He has a lot of great weapons around him in Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Elijah Mitchell, as well as some really solid pieces on, on the offensive line. So um, I, I think it's still a little bit of a wait and see with Trey Lance. Let's see what the first couple games of the season look like. But um, I think it's promising. I think Trey Lance's ceiling is a lot higher than Jimmy Garoppolo's ceiling was. Yeah, I agree. And I think what you're saying is this mostly means nothing for Trey Lance. Like, it's pretty irrelevant. Um, you know, you've seen the reports or you've likely seen the reports that say he's the highest paid backup in the NFL. And that sounds really scary, but he's the highest paid backup in the NFL at six and a half million dollars. Right. Like that is nothing. They, they did not. That's not nothing. You get that would be life changing for uh, most of our listeners. Not all of our listeners. You know who you are. Uh, Patreon <laughs> in the coming in the future. Shout um, out to the Time Squad. <laughs> yeah, but really, that's nothing when it comes to quarterbacks. And so it's it's just mostly not relevant. I think if Trey Lance does terrible, like if he is awful out yeah. there, then yes, they actually do have a good quality person to replace him. But in all honesty, for fantasy purposes, Trey Lance is still just a green light. Yep, I would agree with that. And then this final piece of news, let's see how relevant Jason thinks this is. Panthers trade for wide receiver LaVisca Chenault from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jason, does this mean anything for fantasy? Yeah, I don't think this means anything for fantasy. For one is that we're really hoping that Baker Mayfield can support one wide receiver. Did you see Baker Mayfield's quote for week one? No, what was it? I can't say it on the podcast because we're a PG podcast, but he basically said... Interesting, we're PG, wait, huh? Someone, <laughs> not even PG-13. Sure. I'm okay with that. I just, this is the, we've never <laughs> talked about we this. We have not established our rating for our audience, but anyway... Baker at his press conference was asked, like, how do you feel about playing the Browns, your former team, week one? And he said, and I quote, I'm going to F them up. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, man, the dude just stays the most confident man in the he's world. He's got confidence. He does have a yeah, lot of confidence. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't, I don't have trust that he's going to go out there and support three wide receivers. So I don't think that this matters really for fantasy. Hopefully it makes them a better, well-rounded team. Sure. And I definitely, you know, I, I hope that they're good at fantasy, or I hope that he's good just for the sake of football. I think him throwing a Christian McCaffrey could be fun, him throwing a DJ Moore. So yep. I don't think those, it means Those much. are the two names to look at for, for the Panthers offense. Those are the two guys that are going to catch the most passes, DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. There could be room at, like, the starting wide receiver too could be Robbie Anderson. There's a uh, shout out to Ohio State. CJ Saunders has been getting some reps with in, at the slot for the Panthers. So that position is still up for grabs, but it's DJ Moore, it's Christian McCaffrey. Those are the pieces you want for that offense. All right, Joe, let's get into the question of the day. Okay. And uh, here's a question. Um, were you going to say something, Joe? I was not going to say anything. <laughs> Here's the question today. What are some tips that you guys have to ensure a strong start to the fantasy season? And what Joe and I have done is we've, we've each compiled uh, a list of three different things that we think are pretty important just as you begin your year. There's a lot that, that can happen. There's a lot to think about as you step into the year. And so here are three things just that you need to think about, that you need to prep for, that you need to do to start your season off well. Uh, Joe, why don't you start us off and go with your first one? I'd love to. All right, my first kind of tip and trick for you guys to get off to a strong start to the season is to, it's pretty simple, play your studs. Play the guys you drafted to be great. Don't overthink the matchups on week one. For example, the Bengals play Pittsburgh week one. Pittsburgh has a great defense. They had a great defense last year. But you're, you're not going to not play 
Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, because you drafted those guys to be great. So don't pivot away from one of those guys to like a Rashad Bateman who plays the Jets. Play your studs. Play the guys you drafted in the first few rounds of your fantasy drafts because you drafted them to be great. So that is my tip and trick. Number one, not a ton of analysis to come along with that. Just just draft the guys that you drafted to be great. Play your studs. Don't overthink it. Okay, and here is my first tip just to starting your season off well, and it's this. Uh, just don't tilt. And what I mean by tilt is things are going to go wrong early in the season. Like they always do. You're not going to draft this roster and then, you know, you drafted a wide receiver two that all of a sudden is a wide receiver one. And like, like that may happen with one guy. But overall, you're going to see adversity. You're going to lose by like 0.2 points on week three. Like it's going to happen that a few guys on your team are going to get injured or, or something just unlucky is going to happen to your team. And so saying don't tell is really, it's about managing your own emotions. Um, and this is really important because whenever things just go poorly, especially in fantasy, uh, it, we can have this tendency to kind of throw up our hands and to just say, who cares? And then what you see is you see people making literally the worst trades that they would <laughs> never make that they're just like, I mean, who cares? Like, and they become very self-defeating and and making just terrible decisions. And so just manage your emotions really well. Don't tilt. And so this means making calculated decisions, continuing to make good decisions throughout the entire year. Yes, it's important to win early, but also um, like it's a season-long thing for a reason. And so yep. if you make calculated and good decisions throughout the season, then you will get back on track. Now, maybe you just won't make the playoffs or whatever uh, because it is a complicated thing, but just don't tilt. Uh, a practical example of this is, hey, if a player does poorly, especially early on, I would say just give them a week or two. Like don't just because someone does terribly, like you just brought up the Bengals offense. If, um, if their offense does poorly against a really good defense, let them have a bad game. Like let them have a bad game and don't go out there and be like, oh, I don't know. Do you think I can get like uh, a late end wide receiver for Jamar Chase? Like maybe I could get someone who got a lot of targets. Like don't do it. Just chill. Give yourself a week or two. Manage your emotion and, and, and just continue to make good and calculated decisions. Yep. I love that. Okay. My next tip is to forget everything you know from last season. Forget everything from 2021. And what I mean by that is, is obviously we know we can predict, you know, some of the elite guys are going to be elite again. But what I mean by this is there's a lot that happens in the offseason in the NFL. There's a lot of teams that look different this year than they were last year. Like, for example, not all defenses that were great last year will be great again this year. For example, the 2020 Washington at the time, the Washington football team, was one of the best defenses in the NFL. And then they had a total meltdown in 2021, and they became one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And then also last year, the 2020 Dallas Cowboys were an abysmal defense. And then in 2021, they were great. They were one of the best defenses in the NFL. And you can guarantee that this is going to happen to a few teams this year. Teams that were terrible last year are going to turn it around. Because, and here's the second point within this, nine teams got new head coaches in the offseason. 
nine teams, nearly a third of the league got a new head coach. There will be teams that were bad that are now good. And there will be players that were used in a certain way that are no longer being used in that same way. Maybe, maybe a guy like Najee Harris, who got nearly, no, he did get 300 touches last year, doesn't get used as much this year because it's a new quarterback, someone who might be more willing to throw the ball down the field as opposed to Ben Roethlisberger. So what I mean by that is you can forget everything you thought you knew from last year because it's a new season and it takes a couple weeks to see some of the trends start to set in. So be ready to pivot if you need to and be ready to adjust accordingly. Some things will remain the same as last year, but a lot of things will change. Some teams will look a lot different from last year to this year. Teams got new coaches, new offensive coordinators, new quarterbacks, defenses were improved, offensive lines were improved. Some teams on offense will get worse. Like the Chiefs probably won't be as good this year because they lost some key pieces of the offense. Same with the Packers. So 2021, leave it in the past, focus on 2022 wait a couple weeks to see some of those new trends set in and adjust accordingly. So that is my tip number two. Okay. And my tip number two is this, it is to hold your running backs tight. Um, now, if you've ever been in a league man, with me, if I could just give Jonathan Taylor a big old hug, I would hold him tight, man. Just hold him tight. Uh, one of the things that I love more than anything is to trade in fantasy football. It is literally the most fun. I thing. didn't know that about it you, is Jason. the most fun thing. It is, Almost as much fun as actually winning the league, in my opinion. Um, just the whole thing about it. But the reality is, is that uh, everyone wants running backs because there is not enough of them. Like the, the phrase positional scarcity exists for a reason. There's 32 teams in the NFL, and there are not 32 quarter um, running backs that you want. Like the reality is, is that the vast majority of running back backfields are split in some capacity. And that means there's some number of two or maybe even three people who are cycling in and out. Even Jonathan Taylor last year, like they were pulling him on third down. And Jonathan was, he was amazing. I, I, uh, Joe's over there like rolling his eyes because as a Colts fan, he was like, what are you doing? Jonathan Dude, every time, amazing. Every time Frank Reich put in Naeem Hines or Jordan Wilkins, I wanted to crawl through the screen and just like, poke him in the eye and so obviously Jonathan Taylor is incredibly valuable that's not the point but the point is there's not that many teams that primarily rely on one running back and so what you have as the season goes along is you have a bunch of guys or a bunch of league mates rather that just are really poor when it comes to running backs and so you can throughout the season if you if you hold on to your running backs tightly if you kind of grab as many as you possibly can it puts you in a phenomenal position, not only to win your league, because then you have like a really strong running back two, maybe even a really strong running back three playing in your flex, but you also have the ability to make trades and to upgrade your roster. And one of the things that I think is just true, and this is how people operate from a psychological perspective, is they want their team to be okay. But like they want, if there's a hole in their team, if they have a terrible running back two, they want that position filled. And even if their team becomes worse by making a trade, they're willing to do that because like, okay, I'm good now. I have a much lesser wide receiver, whatever, a much, much lesser tight end, but I'm good now. And so if you hold on to your running backs tight, especially early in the season, and that's what we're talking about early in the season, then you're going to be in prime uh, position really to continue to win throughout the season and also in a great position to make trades when it's most important for your fantasy team. That's a great tip. Yep. Make sure you hug those running backs and hold them tight.
All right, my third and final tip for you guys to get off to a strong start to the season is actually what happens if you don't. It's this. Don't panic if you lose early. If you start 0-3, your season is not over. I've seen it happen. I've seen guys who have started off terribly. They make a trade. They make a great free agent acquisition. Or their luck just turns around because a lot of fantasy football does happen by luck. Your season's not over. You can still go on to win your league, even if you start 0-2, 0-3, 0-4. It's a long season. Players get injured. That team that starts out 3-0, they could have a catastrophic injury to their running back or to their quarterback, and they could all of a sudden find themselves out of the playoffs. Players break out halfway through the season. That stud that you drafted late round in the draft that you believe in, his breakout may not happen until the second half of the season. And that's the type of thing that could catapult you from having about a 500 season all the way into your fantasy playoffs to winning the league. Last year in my dynasty league, I didn't win, but I I got really far in the playoffs off the back of Rashad Penny and Hunter Renfro, who broke out over the second half of the season. I was having a bad start to the season up until those guys started to show out late, and they kind of catapulted me into a long playoff run. Your season is not over if you lose early. And then if you do start 0-2, 0-3, don't panic and trade away your, your studs if they underperform. Say one of your best players gets off to a kind of a below average start to their season. Don't sell them right away. Maybe they played a really tough opening schedule. Maybe you do have a guy like Joe Mixon, who had to play Pittsburgh week one, and he, he didn't, get, get, didn't get you the amount of fantasy points that you were hoping he would get you. Don't trade away Joe Mixon off of one week. You know he's going to be great. You drafted him to be great. Don't panic if they underperform and trade them away or drop them. Absolutely do not drop someone you drafted to be a starter if they start to underperform. It's a long season. Feel it out. Now, if you get to week four, week five, and it's it's a thing that you're seeing on the field, like they're just not getting as many carries, their backup is starting to take over, their quarterback gets injured, okay, yeah, it might be time to reevaluate some things. But don't panic if you lose early. That is my third and final trick. Jason, back to you. Okay, here's my third and final one as well, and it's this. Pay attention to early season trends. And here's what I mean by that. Um, I'm talking about just like the numbers that you see right off the uh, targets, snap percentage, red zone usage, third down usage when it comes to running backs. Um, just pay attention to those early season trends, really, that, that you weren't expecting to see. Now, um, Joe gave us the the idea or trick, I guess, of forget everything about 2021. But I want to go back to 2021 and just play this out um, using a player named Cordell Patterson. Now, he wasn't drafted, like in the vast majority of leagues. He wasn't drafted because everyone was like, wheels up on Mike Davis. Mike Davis is going to be elite. And by everyone, I mean... I mean Sharpshooter McGruber. I mean, especially me. One of the rare times he misses. Oh, one of the... Like, the only time, I think, that I've missed, actually. But, and also, we, up until that point, we kind of thought we knew what Cordero Patterson was. Yeah, we knew what he was. He was a kick returner with some skill to catch the ball, but But then he came in and he was getting... Uh, almost half the work. He came in and was getting like five plus targets a game. Like all of the numbers, all of the things that actually people should care about, which is like real NFL games and getting targets and snaps and being used in the red zone and all the things that we should care about. Like he was getting those things. And so pay attention to the early season trends. And so really the most important time for the entire season as it relates to the waiver wire is at the beginning of the year. 
Um, that is when we saw uh, Mitchell break out last year, and, and you know there was that run for him because he was undrafted as well over Trey Sermon. And there's a reality just that pay attention to those numbers early in the season because that is really what's happening on the field. And so to some extent, what I'm saying is pay attention to early season trends and don't completely do this, but throw out those projections out the window. Like everything that you saw preseason, the the number that you have of this guy is supposed to get 10 fantasy points according to Sleeper, according to ESPN. When the season starts, that's irrelevant. Like the ranking that you see on ESPN or on Sleeper or on wherever about this guy's supposed to be the number 20 running back, but uh, look, the guy behind him is playing more. Like the, the projection is irrelevant, and what you actually need to pay attention to is the early season trends of who's playing, who's getting the ball thrown to them. Um, this is one reason why last year I was still I still thought T. Higgins was going to be good because he kept getting targets, 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 targets. Um, now, granted, I still wanted to trade him for more for more pieces, but I knew he was going to be good. And it was because those early season trends, you could just look at targets, snap percentages, and all those things, and that would give you a picture of who's going to be good, even if they weren't really that great in that moment. So pay attention to early season trends. Well, there you have it. There is six kind of tips and tricks for you guys to get off to a strong start to your fantasy football season. Jason, thank you for putting in the time and effort on those. Those were great. All right, moving on to our next segment. We got a fun one. We're playing a game called Confident versus Concern. And the purpose of this is that over the course of preseason, over the course of training camp, there's a lot of news, a lot of talk, a lot of coach speak about certain players, and Jason and I are going to be determining whether we view a certain player as we're growing in our confidence of them, or there's an increasing risk of concern with that player. So Jason, why don't you start us off with the first player, or first, I guess you have a group of players on here, as that you are confident in, that your confidence is growing in. Yeah, here's the thing, guys. Joe does a great job putting together an awesome show doc, and then I ignore it and do whatever I want. And this is one of those times where, uh, you know, he said, who's a player that you're confident in? And I just wrote down, as a Bears fan, I'm confident. I have confidence in the Bears. See, here's the thing. You do ignore when I put things in the show doc, <laughs> but this one I'm okay with because I think I agree with okay, it. Okay, so... First of all, I love the Bears, and and there's some irrational confidence built in here. That may be true, um, but they played really, really well, and I also think we just saw some things that were important for us to see here uh, in the preseason. Here's one of the things that we absolutely know to be true. The preseason is completely indicative of what we're going to see the rest of the year. Amen. Right? I mean, that. no, of course, that's, like, that's ridiculous. In fact, um, the Lions, the year that they went 0-16, they were undefeated in the preseason. Yeah, but, but you can kind of <laughs> you can learn some things. Okay, so here's some who's of the, the things. Wait, who's the NFL team that hasn't lost a pre? Oh, Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens like haven't lost a preseason game in like five years or yeah, something like they're that. They're elite crazy. in the preseason. Uh, but in their last game, Justin Fields he played about as well as as he could play. He went 14 for 16 with 156 yards. He threw for three touchdowns, uh, and he threw those touchdowns to some of the guys that you'd expect. Um, and so I feel great about Justin Fields after that. In fact, good enough that like I would be interested, depending on how big your bench is, of just throwing him on there and seeing – is he a guy that totally breaks agree. out? Totally like he, agree. Because he's mobile enough that he could be valuable in fantasy. Now, certainly if you have a small bench or um, or if you have, I don't know, it, 
it doesn't necessarily make a, sense. If you're a single quarterback league, yeah, you I might not be, normally have a second quarterback on your roster, but he might be an exception to that. He might be an exception. He might be worth just putting at the end of your bench to say, hey, this guy could be really good, especially with his running ability. Uh, Cole Komet, he caught a touchdown. And the reality is, is if their offense is going to be good, then first their, team all Joe tight end offensive Komet. pieces are going to be good. Um, one of the things we were worried about with David Montgomery was is he going to be the starting guy? You know, like new coaching staff. And it was clear from that game that he is the guy. He's the starting guy. And there's a really big gap between him and everyone else. And so I'm actually really confident. I am Maybe a better way to say it is I am much more confident in the Bears today than I was before this preseason game. That's a great way to word it. Okay, the first... I have two players that I ha- that I picked for my confidence, so I ignored the show. Did you? Too. Yeah. Did you read the show? I doc? did. I ignored on, the show doc too because I couldn't choose between these two players, so I chose them both. I'll talk about them one at a time. But the first person I want to talk about is this: Damian Pierce, the fourth round rookie for the Houston Texans, drafted out of the University of Florida, has looked great in the preseason, and he looks like he's going to be the clear cut number one back because as of today. Marlon Mack was cut by the Houston Texans. The guy that they signed in the offseason to be the starter is now no longer on the team, and it is Damian Pierce's backfield. In the preseason, in the two preseason games that he's played in, he went for six yard or sorry, six carries for 37 yards and a touchdown, averaging 6.2 a carry in one of the games. And then in another preseason game, he had five carries for 49 yards, averaging over nine yards a carry. He's looked good. He's looked like he has juice. He looks like he's bringing something to the Texans offense that wasn't there before. He looks like he's a good complement to Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks and some of the pass catchers they have on that team. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying the Texans are going to be world beaters this year. But Damian Pierce looks like a guy who's going to see a lot of work, that he's a guy that's going to get 20-plus carries, catch some passes out of the backfield, and he looks like he's a guy that could really pay off on his draft value. He's going in the eighth round right now, and he might be rising a little bit because of the Marlon Mack news, but in the eighth round, you're getting a starting running back? That's great value for a guy who has looked good so far this preseason. And then the other guy, or sorry, before I move on, Jason, do you have anything to say or to add on Damian Pierce? Yeah, no, I think definitely confidence is growing. I think his ADP is going high enough that I don't know that I'm really that excited to still get Damian Pierce. So I'd I, like how, him how do you I, feel? If I can get him as my third running back, I like that a lot. Like say I went high on wide receivers early. I got, you know, the Justin Jefferson, the Cooper Cup, and I have a chance to add Damian Pierce as a really strong depth piece at running back. I think that's that's where I'm really comfortable drafting him. I don't know that I'm comfortable drafting him as my running back too, but I think I would love to have him as my third running back because I think he has upside to finish as a running back too. Yeah, I agree. I actually completely agree with that. Wow, look at us. That's episode very nine. It's We're very growing. <laughs> okay, the second player that I am growing in my confidence for is a guy that he's not new to the league. He's actually been around for a while. His name is Saquon Barkley. Now, I know as soon as I say that, there are so many of you that are that may be turning off this podcast because of how much Saquon Barkley has burned you in the past if you were a fantasy owner. And you would be right. He hasn't been great since his rookie year, where he was unbelievable, by the way, racking up close to 2,000 total yards and 15 touchdowns. He was awesome. 
but I'm becoming more and more confident that he's going to be good this year. I'm not saying elite. I'm not saying top five, but I am saying that he could finish as a running back one this year. He's being drafted right now as the running back 14, and I think that is probably his floor. I think he actually could go a lot higher than that. And here's why. If you've watched any of the Giants in the preseason this year, He's the best player on that offense by a mile. It's not even close. He's looked good. He's looked healthy. He's been catching the ball out of the backfield. I mean, who else? I I just don't have any confidence in any other pieces of the Giants offense. Kenny Galladay has looked bad. They have a rookie starting at wide receiver in Wandale Robinson, who, to be fair, does look good, but he's a rookie. That could take time for develop. And Kadarius Toney hasn't seen the field because he's still battling some injuries and some like trade talks. There's just a lot of stuff. We'll go with stuff, for lack of a better term, surrounding Kadarius Toney. So right now, Saquon Barkley looks like the most important piece to that offense. I think he could have a Najee Harris-like season from last year, where he's the best player on an offense and just gets a ton of work. I really think that when it's all said and done, Saquon Barkley could finish with over 200 carries and close to 80 receptions and have a really solid season for a fantasy running back. So he's a guy that I'm, I'm growing in that I think his confidence is actually going up as the preseason goes on. And before the start of the season, I think I might actually consider trying to trade for Saquon Barkley in some of my leagues because I think he's going to be great again this year. Yeah, I think it's a lot of good stuff. And I agree, especially going as the running back 14. I think you said it well when you said he's a really good guy who's not elite anymore. And he really was only elite for one year, and that was with Eli Manning really using him more like Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey. And he just he's not on a good enough offense to be that elite. But at 14, like, absolutely. I totally agree that his floor is around there. And he definitely. I would love having him as my running back, too. Yep, totally agree. Uh, Okay, so here is my first concern. And I do have two because I ignored the show, Doc. Uh, So here's my first one. My first concern is with a guy by the name of Najee Harris. Now, here's why. It's it's mostly, it's, it's not completely only about injury, but a lot of it is around injury. First of all, he did have a quarterback change and he had a change in which he was used. He was used all the time last year, but not only that, he also had statue big Ben that was just dumping him the ball all the time. And so I don't think his usage is going to be nearly this year, what it was the past specifically in the past game, which definitely will hurt him in, in most leagues, which are half PPR will definitely hurt his value. And it's just a much more valuable touch in general. But not only that, he is working through that Liz Frank injury. And what that Liz Frank injury is, it is actually, if you look at kind of your foot and where your bones almost meet your ankle, it's like this, I am looking at my foot. I'm looking at my foot right now. Because (laughs) using your hands, Joe, using your hands (laughs) helps you audio, uh, like talk better, okay? As I'm like, let me adjust my my chair so I can, uh, (laughs) let me get a look at how Jason's describing this. Essentially, where your bones, tell me about uh, this Liz Frank injury. (laughs) Yes, where your bones almost like hit your ankle. And, And it's where all of your, all of your, Uh, toe bones like connect really towards your ankle it is a really delicate sounds painful part of like there's cartilage in there and and it's just like one of those injuries that actually could be a really big deal could um and and also some of the terms used around it 
Uh, like it can be a minor thing or it can be really, really severe and debilitating and lasts a long time. And so him being like, yeah, four to six weeks, it still hurts. Like that does not give me, this is confidence and concerns. I've got some concerns. He's yeah, a really big dude totally. who has a foot injury, and I have some concerns. Um, so look up Liz Frank injury. In fact, it has kind of like a crazy history going back, going back to like Napoleon. To know and the first Liz guy Frank. that had the injury had to have his foot amputated. Um, it turns out that in the last 400 years. Is this the research you did for the show yeah, today? I just, I like <laughs> just started reading about it, and this is what happened. All that to say is I'm concerned about Najee Harris. Um, let me get to my second I'm one. I'm concerned though. about Napoleon. <laughs> well, l- luckily had his it wasn't amputated. him. It was one of his soldiers. So uh, he know. had a lot no of soldiers, right? He had a you know big army. <laughs> uh, anyways, here's the second guy that I am. Is that cons- why Napoleon was short? <laughs> he wasn't he really short. Was f- Joe, you were a history major. <laughs> you, if anyone should know, that Napoleon wasn't actually short. That's true. He was a rumor like, started by the British. It wouldn't. Wasn't he like five foot nine, which is like pretty average? <laughs> is that average, Joe? How tall are you? I'm 5'10". Get out of here. All right, Cam Akers, separate conversation for another time. Cam Akers, I am concerned about Cam Akers, and here's why I'm concerned about Cam Akers. First of all, the depth chart that the Rams put out uh, three weeks ago, do you know what they wrote on their official depth chart as their RB1? What they write, Jason? They wrote Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson. Mm. Like, I didn't even know that you were allowed to do that that you can write Cam Akers or another guy. So it's Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson. Uh, not only that, two if we days can change, ago. If we can ignore the show doc, Sean McVay can ignore, ignore depth charts. There we go. Two days ago, Sean McVay, he said this, okay, about Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. He said, Daryl was able to run at full speed today. We were able to get a workout in on the grass. Cam, being Cam Akers, wasn't able to do that quite yet. You guys, we're like a week and a half yeah, that's not from good. the start of the NFL season, and some of you guys are running out there with Cam Akers as your RB1 or RB2. For sure. Um, man, let me just say I am concerned about Cam Akers. Like, we're a week out, and he can't even do a full workout. He definitely is not going to be the bell cow guy. He's not going to be the guy that you want him to be, at the very least, early in the season. No, and I'm worried about yeah. Cam Akers. Achilles injuries is is what kills running backs, unfortunately. Um, and if you like, it was amazing that he even came back last year for the playoff run. But if you watch the playoff games, he looked like it was definitely still bothering him. It looked like they rushed him back from his injury. So I I, I have some concerns about Cam Akers too. I don't I definitely don't like him as my running back one. I might be more willing to draft him as my running back two because of his upside, but. Um, def, I'm definitely in on taking a late round flyer on Daryl Henderson for sure. Yeah, I think he should go up your draft board a little bit for sure. All right, my concern. I only have the one. I, I was good and obedient in this one, but it's a guy that we're all familiar with. His name is Darren Waller. I have some concerns about Darren Waller. First of all, Darren Waller is also entering into the season a little bit banged up with a hamstring injury. The hamstring injuries, if you've been a fan of of football, you don't need to be a fan of fantasy football to know that hamstring injuries can nag throughout an entire season. Look at Julio Jones' last five years. He's had this nagging hamstring injury. Darren Waller has now had the same kind of nagging hamstring injury for the last couple of seasons. He's turning 30 this year. And last year, guys, Darren Waller was, was underwhelming for fantasy last year. 
other than his monster week one game where I'll give him credit, he had 21 fantasy points on 12 receptions. That's that's great. But other you take that one week out of it, his other 10 games that he played, he played 11, he was injured for some, but in his other 10 games that he played, he only got to double-digit fantasy points three times. And you drafted this guy to be your superstar tight end. He had four games last year with less than four fantasy points, including a goose egg against the Cleveland Browns, which means zero points. He was actively hurting your team because you had to spend a high draft pick to get him. And guess what? You're having to do that again this year. You're having to spend a high draft pick to get Darren Waller. He's going as the tight end four, sometimes the tight end three in the fourth round. We can all agree that Travis Kelsey is going as the tight end one in most of your leagues. But then kind of that two to four range, it's a mixture of, of, of George Kittle, Darren Waller, Dalton Schultz, any one of those guys. But either way, you're having to spend a fourth round pick on Darren Waller. And guys, I just don't see that draft capital paying off this year. Like that is a high pick to make for a guy that I have this many concerns for. And like I said, he was underwhelming last year. And do you really expect him to be better this year when they added Devontae Adams? Like there's a lot of mouths to feed in the offense. There's Devontae Adams. There's the emergence of Hunter Renfro. You know, his targets aren't going to go away. Like there's just a lot of mouths to feed for, for Derek Carr. So I, I do have some concerns about Darren Waller. I, I'm, I'm not drafting him anywhere. Thank goodness all my drafts are done for the year already, and I didn't draft him anywhere. But I, I was he was off my draft board. I know I don't like to put anybody off my draft board completely, but I'm, I'm telling you guys, if you're about to enter into a draft over Labor Day weekend, I, I would check all of the news about Darren Waller before you make that pick because there are some concerns. His injury, the fact that he's turning 30, the fact that he was very underwhelming last year in the games that he did play. Lots of red flags popping up for Darren Waller, and that's the reason why I chose him as my player that I am concerned about. Jason, anything to add? No, I agree with you. I did not draft him anywhere at all this year either. And um, really, I would I would need him to fall pretty significantly even to consider it. Like so I think even someone like Dalton Schultz is has about the same upside and is way safer. You know, like Dalton Schultz is not going to go out there and and goose egg you. And so um, I like him just drafting him way, way, way later down, probably even around Hawkinson, maybe after Hawkinson. Uh, Now, I do believe in Hawkinson, uh, but also I think Waller is just overvalued where he is right now. So totally makes sense, especially with the injury to have a concern. Yep. Well, that is it for this episode of Fantasy Football Time Podcast. Like I mentioned at the start of the show, make sure you guys follow us on social media at FF Time Pod. And if you would love to, if you would like to leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you'd really be doing us a huge favor. Stay tuned here in the next couple days for a big one, episode ten, double digits. Dude, we're gonna celebrate. We're gonna celebrate big. So this is Joe and Sharpshooter McGruber, and we are out. Signing off. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.